Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Arrow, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, dude, this story needs to continue growing because I, I've been with with Edward Smart and, and he has kept his story going to help other lives and stuff like that. So I love the way that you are replenishing the soil. Oh, well, thank you. I, I know the Smart family has felt indebted since, uh, you know, since the kidnapping occurred, but especially after her rescue and knows that they can never uh, truly pay it all back, but are trying to do their best. You know, what's really interesting about this, Chris, is that I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's been involved with it like you have. I mean, you literally have dug in deep and now you're sharing that experience. Absolutely. You know, very, very fortunate. And initially, um, Elizabeth's cousin, Sierra, started an internship with my firm. And, and this was a couple of weeks before Elizabeth's abduction. So we volunteered to help thinking this would be a few days and they'd find her and there'd be a party and we'd go back to our day jobs. And instead, I took a nine and a half month sabbatical. And here we are talking about it 20 years later. So really had the opportunity, uh, not just helping with the media, uh, the, you know, the incredible amount of media that covered this, uh, but became a very close confidant of the family uh, and a sounding board as it related to the investigation and all of their aspects. So he really lived this for nine and a half months and it became a part of me and, and, and has you know been a life-changing experience. Writing the book, is it is it opening up your heart to free things? How is it that, that, that you started to plant these words onto a page? Because, I mean, a journey like this really is going to take a lot of weight off your heart. But at the same time, does it take that weight off? You know, it, it, it was such an interesting experience in writing the book, and, and I'm glad I waited to do it. I, I knew I had a story right after she was rescued, and it just never felt right. My wife was always pushing me, like, you got to write this, you got to write this. And having the opportunity to slow down the events that happened at frenetic speed and, and to look at them and, and to think about and to look at different uh, perspectives, different people who were involved, you know, it was very illuminating. I really believe good books aren't just about the facts of what happened, but what you can learn from that experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really tried to accomplish in, in writing Unexpected. When, when you say that you're glad that you waited this long, I mean, it's almost like you, you said, okay, look, this is going to be in God's time, not my time. You know, it's really true. And there, there was a side story to this very briefly. Um, I, I, initially wrote a book, very different book. It was about growing up next door to a hidden broken war hero yeah. uh, who was an alcoholic. We fought for 13 years and, and in the it, before it was too late, I learned his secret and learned to understand and appreciate him. And I wrote this book during COVID and, and wrote a, an epilogue that paralleled so many of those lessons to the smart case. And my wife said, there's your book. This is a braided memoir. And it was difficult to do, but but that's a big part of, of that really tying together. You know, there's so many things that happen in our life. We face adversity. There's people that come into our life and they prepare us for future things. If you go back and chart your life, I know you can find this. uh, But for me, that was a a very uh, indescribable experience, having the opportunity to just see how my life had been led and, and, and how Uh, there's kind of that perpetual experience. See, this is every bit the reason why I'm a daily writer. It's it's not that I'm writing in my moment of now. It's I'm I'm basically getting little pieces parts that I'm going to use as tools in the future. And then and then as a as a strong Christian, I've got to sit here and make sure that I activate it in other fields. You know, it's so true. And I think, you know, from a Christian standpoint, when we recognize, you know, God's God's grace and God's goodness. I mean, you, you can sit down every night and, and make a list of, of ways in which you've been blessed during that day. Uh, and, and, and 
you know, that can really uh, affect the lens in which you see the world and, and, and your level of happiness as well. When you were putting together the story about the broken war hero, my God, that that had to have taken not only courage, but your heart had to be filled with compassion and, and a desire to let him speak so that you could have the power to listen. Arrow, it, 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 it's so true. You know, giving this man a voice, this man who really paid the ultimate price for our freedom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, living for 50 years with extreme PTSD, uh, in addition to to fighting in World War II, uh, you know, it, it understanding that and appreciating that really changed the way in which I look at people. And it made a big difference in the smart case and, you know, being slow to judge and recognizing that there's always more to the story. Uh, and, and the story is usually different than the story we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and, and trying to keep, you know, that open mindedness. Uh, in, in how I approached others. I mean, he's, he had a profound impact on my life. I still struggle. I still judge people. But it, when I think of him and I remember that experience, it's really helped guide me. The book we're talking about is Unexpected, the backstory of finding Elizabeth Smart. You talked about it being 20 years ago. Dude, it feels like it was yesterday. I can still feel that story inside my body. I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, you know, it's so I, I've lived it for so long. It's become a part of me, but yeah, I can't believe it's been 20 years. So th- what, what was the mainstay of the book? Because I mean, you, one of the things, you know, we're, we're so used to getting our news at five o'clock or from a newspaper or a website. But when you say the backstory, now you've got my attention because I do want to know what's going on and what did take place. Sure. And so I have a different perspective. There have been a few books written about the smart case, but none from an outsider. I was kind of the outsider in the proverbial room where it happened. And so I'm able to look at it through the lens of the media, which I think is interesting because the media played such a big role in this uh, with the investigation in the family. And in the investigation, the police, for whatever reason, in in several instances, uh, really manipulated the media and and yeah. tried to influence the story. And, and, and the big part of the book is how the family overcame that and finally came out with the information that was essential to getting Elizabeth back. Oh, I can't imagine what kind of stories that, that you experienced in the way of, you know, it, it's like things would happen and, and you couldn't even speak. You just used your eyes as the language maker. Yeah, I, you know, I think in, in some cases that that was was really true. And, and, and also trusting your gut. I mean, there, I was 29 years old managing this international story. I'd had a little bit of experience, but nothing that prepared me for that and, and was, you know, constantly, you know, I'm very religious, constantly saying silent prayers, helping yeah. know what to do and, and feeling led as well. Yeah. 21 years old, Chris, come on now. The, you're, you're, the background that you had in the, in the world of religion had had to have been a major chunk of that because to find that kind of peace as you move forward through a storm like that, I mean, you were facing the fire. Absolutely. No, they're, they're day in and day out and, and tried to you know, have to find some some form of refuge and peace and some form of inspiration. And, and you know, we go through trials in life. This one was <laughs> massive. And and in the same vein, you know, trying to really help and serve somebody else through the process. But it was so ingrained in it that it, it did. It, it, it was something that was j- just required. um so much strength and, and strength beyond my own to, to be able to work with them. And, and, and they were as well, very, very faithful group of people, very great faithful group of, of uh, people from their congregation and neighborhood. 
What did you do when you faced those moments of doubt? Because, I mean, even though it's an emotion and, and you know, it's a choice, but there's still those days of doubt that you have to sit there and go, God, we got to get past this. You know, there was there's an interesting experience. And, and I, I don't I'm not it's not an overly spiritual book. It's more about uh, the culture of, of the Latter-day Saint yeah. uh, church. But there was an experience where a story was uh coming out from the National Enquirer that uh, really ripped the family apart. And and because of, uh, a police PIO had said some things, it gave it some credibility. And so the traditional media were jumping all over it. And and it just felt like it was like this gang of people trying to, you know, just this, this awful group mm-hmm. just trying to eat this family alive. And and I retreated. The Smart Search Center was in their church, and and I went down into a room where there was a picture of the Last Supper, and and I was just as angry as could be. I mean, my my emotions bordered on hate for the media in that moment. And I saw, you know, saw that picture, and and really realized um, how, you know, how, how Christ, even in his, you know, even in that moment, um, you know, still served and still loved those around him. And that that you know that that helped me. I don't know, you know, as far as moving forward as I, I tried to be a little more service oriented with the media, not, you know, obviously looking out for my client's best interest, but it, it was something that changed my heart and reminded me, you know, that we're all really just children of God. Yeah. Boy, you just planted something inside of me when you, when you were talking about Christ and, and in his moment is that what if, what if you would have been a part of that? You were the publicist of what was taking place right there before the days on the cross, because it, I mean, I can't, can't imagine what they were seeing during those days, what was out there uh, in, in, in the, in the, you know, the wretched world of, of, of their hatred. What an interesting perspective, Errol. And I can I can really relate to that. I mean, obviously nothing, you know, of that magnitude, but just seeing it just felt like it in, in some of those moments, like everyone was conspiring against them and, and knowing, you know, they weren't perfect. Unlike the Savior, they weren't perfect people. None of us are. We're all flawed. But people that were doing the very best that they could and who desperately wanted their daughter back and and were willing to do anything to do that. It, it was just it was heartbreaking to see the opposition to that in certain moments. And that was a key example. Do, do you see this as a way of outreach? Because, you know, so many times when we say outreach, people think, okay, we're going to go get food for somebody. Okay, we're going to we're going to provide a home for somebody. But this is also a story of outreach because you put yourself in a position of where it wasn't just about the four walls of the church. This was about a community. Yeah, and that was one of the most endearing aspects of this, uh, the search effort. That first week, more than 10,000 people came out to search. And and while uh, Utah, Salt Lake's about 50% Latter-day Saint, uh, and, and it's a little higher outside of, of the greater Salt Lake area, um, the the people, you know, we still are polarized here. We're as polarized mm-hmm. as anywhere else. I mean, and, and it, you know, it's an epidemic in today's world uh, that, that goes, you know, back quite a ways. I think it's worse than it's ever been. But when these people came to search, it was remarkable. Uh, this one morning, I remember seeing this guy show up in a Porsche and and just very nicely dressed guy. And, and another group came, got off the bus and it looked like a couple of them were homeless. And later I saw them in the orientation sitting together mm. and having a conversation. And, and this orientation room where these people came before they went out on the searches was it was a spiritual experience walking back and forth from that, seeing people putting aside all of their difference, whether it was political, religious, uh, socioeconomic, you know, even in some cases, uh, ethnicity, 
and and just having a single focus, which was finding Elizabeth, you know, seeing that and seeing how we are so much more alike than we are different. Uh, and, and especially when we come together and serve, how we were able to put those aside. That was something that I think about often and, and often get choked up just thinking about. The day that news hit the world about about locating her, when, when, when they were able to find her, were you in doubt? Were you going, no, there's no possible way? Or was it like, oh, my God, th- this right here is a day of blessing? So I had an interesting experience about a month before she was rescued. And Ed and I were in New York, uh, Ed being her father, doing interviews. And late that night, he said, I got to talk. And so we got together and he said, look, call me crazy. A lot of people think I am, but I just know she's alive. I know she's out there. Are we doing everything we can to find her? And, you know, sometimes you have to be very clinical in in doing a job like this. And this is one of those moments where that guard was let down and and I was just hit really hard by, yes, there's something to this. There's, you know, this father's intuition. And and it kind of, it it really helped me to maybe revive at that point, kind of having that opportunity to to feel um, like, hey, we really are fighting for something. I mean, it it still was surreal when when I found out that, that she was alive and that's another crazy story, but um, you know, I, I, he never lost hope. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're around, sometimes we lose hope and, and, and those people around us kind of keep us going. And, and that was, in that case, that was something that really, uh, reaffirmed me. Growing up in the culture of American religion, you know what it was like 20 years ago compared to what's going on with these super churches today? I mean, it, it was a different world and it was a different sin where, where people are more forgiving today than what they were 20 years ago. Uh, no question. I mean, I think it's it's something that that's constantly evolving. You know, and, and unfortunately, I think we're becoming less religious, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's something that we need more than ever. And I think sometimes too, in our in our religion, we get caught up on things that are less important. Uh, we we get caught up on, on on these tenets that I'm sure God looks down and shakes his head and like, come on, guys, let's, let's just if we're truly Christian, you know, we're we're charitable and, and we love our neighbor, and you know, we go back to the basics, and I think we've forgotten a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Are there tools for regular people to use these days in the way of their own personal searches? Because here in North Carolina, it's it's almost daily, guy, that someone turns up missing. Um, there are a number, and, and from my expertise, um, after the case, I put together a, a tool called familyspokesperson.org. And this is from the media perspective, because the media can play such an important tool when somebody goes missing. And the smart family was very sophisticated and savvy and well-connected. Not everybody has that. And so wanted to create this free tool that people could use, absolutely no strings attached. In fact, you can't even find me on there. Um, but that they can use to better understand how to organize and understand how the media works and how to work with the media uh, to to hopefully have you know a similar outcome. So every author that puts out puts out a book or works on a book studies the book. I mean, you learn something new from it. So as you were seeing your words pop back at you on that computer screen, what what did you pick up on the journey back into it? You know, so much of, uh, of what I was able to trace, and it's such a great experience to go back and look and think about and journal, um, was, you know, there was it's this common thread, and I, I don't want to spoil this, but there, the very last chapter is about it, an, an experience where uh, there was a celebration in a park a few days after Elizabeth was rescued, and an individual in the crowd um, wanted to talk to me and I connected with this person and, and it was 
an amazing experience that, and it kind of taught me that, you know, God recognizes people, whether they're a household name or a stranger in the crowd. Uh, but through the experience, I recognized, and a kind of a theme of the book is, you know, we're, we're different and different is good. Um, and as we, you know, there were so many times in the smart case, so many times in my experience growing up that I prejudged things. Yep. Uh, I prejudged my neighbor. There were suspects, Richard Reese being an initial suspect, that there was a lot of circumstantial evidence that the police closed the book that he was the guy. Hmm. Uh, that, you know, I think if there's a theme or, or, or takeaway from my book, it's that we need to be slower to judge and quicker to serve. Wow. Chris, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. I love your story. I love your dedication to writing and by, by using those words as a tool for other. I always call it, the you know, leaving messages for the future reader, dear future reader. And that's exactly what this book is. I, I, you, you've got it, Arrow, and that, and, and that's you know really what I hope it will be that it, that people will take that away, not just hey what happened, but what they can learn from it, and and welcome anytime the opportunity Absolutely. to come on. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? You too. Keep up the great work.